This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. I'm your host, Brian Petrie. Welcome to the MMA Takes Podcast. Full disclosure, little look behind the curtain. This is the second time I've 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 cut the uh, cut the intro here. Um, I just started to record, carving out a little time, busy week. I, I kind of went all through this, and I was hearing this weird echo. And I and I've told you guys I just bought these new headphones. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Are these headphones doing that? What it was was, um, you know, no one cares. But the the I kept hearing like a weird. The mix didn't sound right, right? And it was the speakers. For some reason, everything goes through my little podcast machine here. Thank, shout out Rode, Rodecaster. Um, but for some reason, the my voice was coming out the computer. So it was like a double voice thing. It was fucking me up. I got blood red, man. I'm talking blood boiling because I thought my headphones like fucking blue or something. I didn't know what was going on. Welcome to the MMA Tags Podcast. The only MMA podcast hosted by... Me. So that's a big deal. Um, we're going to get into it all. We're going to recap Sacktown. There's a lot of good stuff out there MMA-wise. Dana did an interview. He said some things. We'll, we'll cover that. We'll talk about Street Jesus, Jorge Masvidal. We'll recap the Contender Series. We got it all. I just burped. I'm a little gassy. I don't know why. Got a little bit of a, a gas issue here. I'm belching a lot, right? Huh? Um, anyway, if you are listening to this, hopefully you listen to the awesome podcast. Um, I put that out on Monday. I was going to record on Monday, but, um, I had some things come up, so I couldn't record. So I put that one out. Um, I say this all the time. If, if I, mean, I, I always label it fun episode, this is what it's going to be. I, uh, I, you know, I, I state, this isn't going to be an MMA podcast or whatever like that. Um, you know, Austin, I, one of my best friends, my best man at my wedding, when him and I get together, we think we're funnier than we are. We think we're more entertaining than we are. So if you listen to it and you're like, I don't fucking know these guys like that. They're annoying. I'm sorry. But um, it's fun to have him over here. He gets boozed up. We play a game. We play Trivia or Dare. It's a take on Truth or Dare. But instead of doing truths, we did. I asked him trivia questions. He got him wrong. He had to do a dare or eat these uh, spicy-ass uh, jelly beans I got. Habanero jelly beans. Um, and it was a lot of fun. You know, I always have fun with him. He's a, he's a good guy. I think he went for it. We did a lot of interesting stuff. So if you haven't heard that yet, you might want to listen to it. I mean, there's some prank calls. I had him sing, uh, she's like the wind by Patrick Swayze. Um, he did the King Kong Denzel monologue, uh, the worst Denzel impression you probably ever heard in your life. Um, and then we, you know, it, you know, I had him text ex-girlfriends. Like I pretty much ruined this guy's life and I feel terrible about it, but, uh, it was a lot of fun, but that's up now. If you want to go listen to that, if you want like a little break from, me gabbing away about MMA. Um, that's out. And I had a lot of fun doing that with Austin. I always have fun doing it with Austin. I've, I've wanted to do a, a separate podcast away from MMA with him. Him and I have very good memories of, of pop culture references and TVs and movies and whatnot. And I thought it'd be a really fun idea of, of him and I, um, you know, maybe like watching a movie or, or doing something and then coming and like talking about it and doing a podcast like that. I know there's like a fucking cabillion, jillion podcasts like that, but I want to do something fun. The problem is, and God love him. He, you know, he plays soccer eight days a week. I mean, it's, it's impossible to get a hold of the guy and to have him commit to come over here and record is it would be a challenge. And I'm so anal about stuff. I'm like, I got to record on this day. I got to put it out this. I got to do this. So if him and I did one together and we actually talked about doing another one called a top five podcast with our buddy, Josh, 
he lives in New York, he'd be via phone. Um, and 90% of the time, Austin would, would do the phone thing too. I'd have to get him in here, Skype or, or figure it out because, uh, he would never show up. I mean, he, he's always late and whatnot. God love him. But, uh, um, but that kind of fell through. They didn't really interest it, but I, that was like an idea I want to do. So, you know, getting Austin in here doing these silly podcasts, uh, is always fun. So, um, that's, you know, go listen to it. It was, it was a good time. You know, we were, uh, Austin, uh, Austin killed some of that stuff. So a lot of fun. Um, Little, two little things here. I know I always go on and on at the beginning of the show before we jump into everything. So your your boy applied for a job today. Now, listen, it's not going to, I have a, a full, a, I don't get paid to do what I'm doing right now. I've, I, you know, very little ad revenue comes in, if any, um, but I love doing it. I love, I love speaking the gospel uh, as what I say the, to the MMA fans. It's a passion to me. Like I don't need to get paid to do this. I love it so much. However, the dream would be to get paid to something you love. Now I have a job outside of <clears throat> this. Obviously I, I, I make a living. Um, so the job I applied for wouldn't really affect my real job per se to start off. I can't really get into details. I literally applied last night. I'll probably find out in a week. I got hit up on LinkedIn, LinkedIn, not, they didn't contact me. LinkedIn was like, Oh, here's a job that you might like. And it was literally exactly like what I would want to do. It wouldn't, it wouldn't affect this at all. I will say it's MMA based, obviously. Um, so we'll obviously I'll get more into it when I don't get the job. I don't think I'm qualified for the job, but shoot a shoot, right? That's a foot in the door. So we'll see if I get it. We'll see what happens with that. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to give you a little nugget, a little taste. I think probably by next week when I, when I do the recap for San Antonio, I think I'll probably, uh, I, I can probably divulge all of it, what I did and what it was for and all that stuff like that. So just a little teaser, just wait on this, but it won't affect what I'm doing here. It's just, uh, it would actually be really nice to help grow what we're doing here, what we're, you know, with this podcast. And then a little braggy news. So <clears throat> I went to, uh, so as if you're, if you're a loyal listener, you know, back in March, I had pneumonia, went to the hospital, which was total bullshit, scared me to half to death. I've never been in a hospital before. I've never been hooked up to machines before, you know, freaked out, right? Anxiety through the roof. Couldn't, couldn't get a hold of what, what I was doing that, right? I wasn't even going to go to the hospital that day. Literally, I was like going to wake up the morning of and go see my doctor. And then I spit up some blood. I was like, oh, maybe I should go. And then they're like, yeah, I got pneumonia. And I'm like, fuck, what the hell? And then the machine's beeping. And then it was it was, it was was a nightmare. It tr- truly was. However, when I weighed, they weighed me that day, um, this lady came in at like midnight. And wife's in the room with me. And I'm like, can't sleep. You know, like, no one can sleep in the hospital. And she comes wheeling the, uh, the, the uh, scale in. She's like, oh, can you hop on? I'm like, yeah, sure. And I was the heaviest I ever been, right? I was, it was, it was the most I ever weighed. And I hadn't eaten for almost 24 hours at that point because the night, the night before I went to bed early, woke up, spitting that stuff up at like, you know, what, five, six in the morning, whatever it was. So I hadn't eaten since probably seven the night before. And then I didn't, couldn't eat in the hospital. They're, they're trying to get me either to order any food you want. I ordered some carrots. I think I had some carrots, but so I was like on 24 hours, no eat. I did, have, I did drink some water, but, um, it was the most I ever weighed. And I probably weighed more than that if I didn't fast for 24 hours, essentially. So that was a real wake-up call. I'm like, whoa, that's that's heavy. That's the heaviest I've ever been. I've always been a bigger guy. I've never been, like, self-conscious about my weight or whatever like that. I've never been, like, you know, I've just been a bigger dude. That's what I, I fluctuate a lot. Um, I, when I was working out a lot, I'd always go up and down or whatever like that. But for some reason, being a dad, I'm getting older. I'm 32. I'm not, like, a fucking 21-year-old kid anymore. And then the fact that, you know, I'm in the hospital, like for whatever reason, my brain triggered like, oh, you have pneumonia. 
and you, you're the heaviest you've ever been, time to fucking cut out the bullshit, right? So um, I don't really eat fast food all that much, but I don't eat like super clean, but I do drink soda. I don't drink coffee, so I wake up early in the morning. I have a soda that gets me up in the morning. I, I cut that out, not all together, but I cut what I was doing out. I cut it more than half. Well, that was in March. What was that four or five months ago? And I'm down 25 pounds. I kind of jumped back up. So what happened was, is when I got out of the hospital, I was, I was gun hell. Like, you know, I'm not, I don't want any, I don't, I'm not drinking soda. I'm not doing this, that I went back to work for a week and I was like, man, I am dragging. I need something. So I, I switched to the small cans. I would have one in the morning of the little hundred calorie cans. And that'd be enough. That'd be enough caffeine to get me going. And then, um, I went to Atlanta for the fights ate kind of bad on that weekend and was, it was drinking a little more than I should. And then went on vacation in June and had a whole fridge on the beach. I don't drink alcohol. So, you know, I'm on the beach drinking a fucking, you know, a soda. And, um, and then I was like, Oh, that kind of got away from me a little bit, I guess, you know, I wonder what I gained. So I went to the doctor two Mondays ago, whatever it was. And I had gained since I had lost weight. I remember what my weight was. I had gained two pounds since then. So even though I kind of thought I went off the rails a little bit and I thought maybe I, and heaven forbid, I put all that weight back on because it's so fucking easy to put the weight on. I was like, okay, so I'm only up two pounds from what I originally was. I stopped weighing myself. I stopped, uh, wasn't I stopped caring, but I stopped like kind of paying attention to it. And then, so I just, I was like, okay, now, now we're going to do something, Brian. Now we're going to, you know, we're going to cut some stuff out. So for like a week and a half, I've, I've kind of stuck to it and, in in uh, so now I'm down a total of 25 pounds. I got about maybe, I think in, realistically, probably 25 more to go. I think when, when I weighed myself at the hospital, I, I wanted to be about 50 pounds lighter, right? My sweet spot's about 50 pounds lighter. That's when, when I was training, when I was like good to compete MMA. Um, you know, I'm never going to be like a skinny twink little fucking dude. That's never going to happen. But I wanted to be lighter than obviously what I was. So halfway there. I'm at the halfway goal. We got 24, 25 more pounds to go. It is hot as shit in Cincinnati right now. These next two days are going to be blistering. I basically work outside and I sweat the whole time I'm there. So that's obviously helping me. And then I come home and, and, and work out a little bit as well. And then, um, so hopefully by my birthday, I'm down another 10, which is August 4th. If you want to send gifts, go ahead. August 4th, whatever. Um, you know, send gifts to, uh, you know, I, I need to get a P.O. box if you want to send gifts. But uh, that's my little spiel. I got to take a drink here, boys. High quality H2O, baby. All right. So personal stuff out of the way. Me bragging about my sick weight loss out of the way. Awesome podcast out of the way. My teaser out of the way. Let's get to UFC Sacramento. Uh, uh, boys. Boys, 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 boys. Or girls. Um, people. Your boy didn't do so hot on this car. Your boy didn't do so hot in this car. Three and nine. Three and nine. I went three and nine on my picks. Um, I've been on a heater lately. A crazy, crazy heater. Uh, 11 and one, nine and three, nine and three. Killing it. Um, fell, fell a little short on this one, boys. Fell a little short. I preference, I believe on the pick on podcast, I preference by saying I'm not confident in any of these picks. I thought it was going to be a, a, a tough car to pick, and it was. Um, I am happy. I got the Ryan Hall underdog. He ended up closing as an underdog. So I did get an underdog pick in there, which really that, that counts. However, I didn't make any money off this card. I, I, I mean, I think, I mean, I did, I didn't put a lot of money on Ryan Hall. I put enough, wish I would have put more cause I was very confident in that pick. 
but I kind of got burned on a parlay. So I didn't put a lot of chips in this pot because I really wasn't that confident. I didn't do, I did like a three, five parlay fell apart, got the Ryan Hall, right. Um, won a little cash on that, but pretty much turn around and put that into another parlay. And then, and then the Uriah Faber fight really messed that things up. Um, but yeah, three and nine on the card. Pretty decent little card for Sacramento. The Uriah Faber thing, uh, awesome that he won. We'll get to Faber in the main event at the end. So we'll start from the bottom up here. You had Benito Lopez, Vince, Vince Morales. I had this fight wrong. A lot of people thought Vince Morales won. I thought it was a close fight. Um, Benito Lopez obviously kept the pressure on, but didn't really throw and land a lot. Threw a lot of stuff out there. It was kind of like a, almost like a Nick Diaz, a Nate Diaz approach, except he wasn't landing. Like Nick and Nate, when they, they throw and they throw effective, they land their punches. Benito was just putting a lot of pressure on Vince and not really doing anything. Vince Morales abandoned his wrestling. I thought there was plenty of opportunities to really take this fight to the ground. He landed that big shot in the first round, knocked him down. So I think he got kind of happy with uh, engaging. Vince obviously hit harder and, 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 and damaged Benito up a little bit, bloody in the face. But I just think if, if he turned it up a little bit, maybe added some takedowns in there and, and, and added an extra gear, he would have won the fight definitely by unanimous decision. I know a lot of people online were pretty upset about that fight. I had Vince myself. He lost. Benito was an underdog that cashed. Um, I, you know, I thought it was a really pick em fight. I really did. Benito being a Sacktown guy, I mean, could have been some home cooking. I don't know. It was a very close fight. I, I didn't necessarily disagree with the decision. However, when I went on and I saw some people uh, who else picked uh, Vince who were pretty upset about it, I was like, you know what? That could have probably, that was a swing fight. That could have probably went either way. Next up, you got uh, Leva Ronato Souza versus Brianna, Van, Brianna, Brianna, the Bull Van Buren. I had Souza in the underdog pick here. I didn't know much about Van Buren, but I'm a fan now. Follow and everything. Little five-foot fucking bulldog pit bull. Great fighter. She looked great. Souza scares me to my core. Souza's scary, right? She, when I was a kid, when I watched wrestling, Papa Shango scared the shit out of me. She's my new Papa Shango. She's terrifying, right? She, she stood on the, I wish I had the audio. I don't know why I didn't pull it up. She stood on the fucking the scale and flex. It was like, Ugh! like it's, it was the scariest noise I've ever heard in my life. She's very intimidating looking. Um, she's not going to win any beauty pageants anytime soon. Brianna the Van, uh, Van Buren, a girl who obviously parents own every oil factory in the world, didn't know a ton about her, saw some of her highlights in Invicta. I thought she was good. Blew me away. Good wrestling, good boxing, scrapper, tough. Souza's no joke. It's 2-0 in the UFC. She went out there and did fucking work. And uh, I'm a fan. Like I said, I'm, I'm a fan of Brianna Van Buren now. I'm a, I'm a fool for not picking that fight. I kind of took the underdog bait there because Souza was 2-0, and but... Uh, Van Buren is as tough as they come. She's exciting for, for that weight division now. Next up, you got Pring Lu versus John Martinez. This fight kind of pissed me off because Lou was confident, dominant the whole fight. Martinez looked great. I, I've doubted Martinez a lot. The, the Sukuma fight, I know he took it on short notice, but it really put a bad taste in my mouth how, how dominant he got. I mean, he just got dominated. He got ragdolled around. Looks like he's put on a little bit of size since that fight. He's a young man. He looked great against Lou, though. He, he, he hung in there tough. He put the pressure on him. Threw a perfect time knee, knocked Lou out one of the, I mean, no one's going to beat Street Jesus' knee, Jorge Masvidal over Askren, but that was a sick knee. Perfectly timed. He was really active with his left leg, throwing a ton of kicks out there, low, high to the legs, whatever. Um, you can disguise a, a knee with a kick, and, and Lou just dipped his head right in and boom, got him out of there. Team Alpha Mel got dropped there. So that's 0-3 oh, on the night for me. So then, and then my guy Ryan Hall stepped up. Ryan Harvest down now because Nick got this fight right. Ryan Hall closed as a small underdog. 
I love this fight. I this is one of my favorite fights of the night. Ryan Hall is such an interesting guy to me. And and I know he got booze and stuff because his, his style is not, you know, what people kind of want or expect, but he dropped Elkins with a kick at least once, hurt him twice with I think, but dropped him once with the kick big time. And then dropped him with left hand. Didn't throw a lot of punches. His striking is obviously a work in progress. I love the way he moves, though. He's hard to get a hold of. If you get close enough and he doesn't feel like he can bounce off the cage, he'll drop down to that Imari roll and try to get your legs. He's deadly on the ground. I don't have no idea how he didn't finish that choke. That was I thought the fight was over. It's a wrap. Um, I didn't prop bet for this fight to finish early or finish before the judges, but I should have. I thought it was a wrap for sure. Um... But, you know, he, he got the neck and Elkins is, is as tough as they come and couldn't do it. But for the people that are booing, I don't understand why you're booing. Like when I, this is the one thing I don't understand about MMA is, is I know people like striking. They, they, a lot of casual fans want a, a Leonard Garcia, Korean zombie fight every fight. Just Clay Guida, Diego Sanchez, just slanging and banging. That's cool. I like those fights, too. But when you get a martial artist in there, a guy's really, per, you know, has a style, right? I love styles. Like Ryan Hall's a tough guy to fight. A lot of people aren't going to be excited to fight this guy. He's so dangerous with that one technique, but he also has pretty good striking. Sharp left hand, put Elkins down. Spinning wheel kick, put Elkins down, hurt him twice. When fans boo when a fighter wants to fight on the ground, they should be booing the fighter who's not going to the ground, right? So if a guy doesn't want to stand up, they're not booing the fighter that 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 is standing up and not going to the ground. They're booing the guy on the ground. It's a clash of styles, guys. Like, not everybody is going to stand up with somebody. Not everybody's going to go to the ground with somebody. I understand that. But, and it's smart not to go to the ground with Ryan Hall. That's like the play here. But don't get frustrated. Don't get booed. Get better. Like, work your camp and go, I'm going to go to the ground with this guy. I'm going to punish him. Ryan Hall has a, a sick guard. He has the X guard. He's got the, he's got the great, you know, he, he's tough off his back. You know, he goes for the legs. His primary thing's the legs, but I'm sure he's got, he's got all the submissions. The guy's an accomplished jiu-jitsu player. However, be heavy on top. I want to see a guy in the top 10, someone who's not afraid to, to get to the mix it up on the ground with him. Ryan Hall blew me away. He's super impressive. He wants to stay active. There's a DC card at the end of the year. I think that's where he lives, where he's from. He wants to get on that card. I love to see him get a top 15, top 10. Andre Feely would be super interesting. They both on the same card, 145. I like that fight. Josh Emmett's another guy. Get him in there with a guy who's probably not going to be afraid to go to the ground with him and who can strike and knock you out. And let because Elkins isn't really a striking threat. He's, he was he's kind of a grinder. Let's see what he goes against a big power like Emmett or or even Philly who Philly who looked great with that head kick. I mean, there's a lot of really interesting matchups there. And, and according to Kenny Florian, Ryan Hall's down for all of it. But I thought Ryan Hall put on a great performance. Really surprised by the booze there. I just think you should be booing the fighter that's not engaging. Like, you know what I mean? Like a stand. A, you know, you got to boo the guy who's not wanting to fight. All right, big drink, boys. Next up, Julian Pena versus Nico Montagna. I got this fight right. Closer than I thought. Nico was tough. Won the first round. Won the first half of the second round. And Julia Pena just kind of kicked in the gear. I know she's been out for almost you know, 29 months or whatever they said. She had a baby. Congratulations, Julia Pena, for being a mom. Um, Julia's tough. Juliana Pena's tough. Nico's tough, too. You know, I, a lot of people gave her shit that she quit. Didn't want, didn't want to fight Tepchenko. She looked good at 35. I'm not sure if she's planning on going back to 25. That's that, that might be a big cut for her. But um, I thought she looked good. Pena uh, looked a little better. It, it was an interesting style matchup because they both have a similar style. I thought Pena on paper was better. She's the favorite. That's why I picked her. But Nico, 
really surprised me with, with, with how tough she was. And then I think she slowed down a little bit and Pena's technique kind of took over, but definitely wasn't easy fight. And I, and I enjoyed that fight. That was a really, really good fight. Interesting fight for 135. I think 135, interesting. Pena has that one loss. So Chanko took two and a half years off. Now she's back. And I think she's, uh, you know, I think she's ready for some top competition at 135 because there's not a, not a ton of women up there that uh, can get, compete with Amanda Nunes. One of the women that Amanda Nunes never fought. Amanda Nunes, if you look at Amanda Nunes' record, she's fought everybody. Uh, Pena is an interesting uh, matchup for... I'm dropping my marker. Interesting matchup for uh, Nunes. All right, next up, Andre Feely versus Shaman Marais. I got this fight wrong. I took Marais. I, you know, I don't know. I, I just... I, Philly, Andre Feely is like my Achilles heel. Like this guy, I can't get this guy right, right? I fucking picked Artem Lobov as an underdog when they fought. He 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 gets it done, you know. And I pick. I think I picked him to upset uh, Yaya Rodriguez when they fought years ago, like crazy. Like I can't get this fight right. I put I put this in a parlay. I had Shaman Rice. I thought he was an interesting play at a parlay because he wasn't too high of a favorite. I thought it was kind of maybe a lock for him. I thought he was just gonna be too um, too big of a striker for Philly, but Philly's long. And uh, and cracked and, and threw a beautiful head kick off a you know counter basically check counter left a high kick and rock Marais and, and finished the deal and kind of a cool story he's a Sacktown kid his dad was in jail for like 17 years and that was the first time he saw him he saw him fight live so all that stuff I eat up I'm a little fucking sap when it comes to that stuff so that uh, that's a great story and then uh, next up you got Mike Rodriguez versus John Allen this is a big swing fight I hated Mike Rodriguez at minus 450 I told you guys that. I thought Mike Rodriguez was going to get this done. He looked very basic to me. Um, I've, I've seen little bits and pieces of him. Obviously, seen him fight. Thought he had better boxing than that. He threw the same combination out over and over again. Didn't throw as many knees as I thought he would. Um, kind of just slowed down a little bit. And, and Allen hung in there tough, hung in the pocket, threw some big shots. What Didn't love the fight either way. I, didn't, I wasn't super impressed with John Allen either. Uh, he, I had him written down as a plus 360 underdog. I'm not sure what he closed that, but that's a big swing fight. I do have a little value bet next. I don't remember exactly what I said in the Pick'em podcast. I'm being honest with you. can't remember it. I talk a lot. I can't remember every word I said. But I do recall, I have it written down here, value bet on Allen. I obviously didn't listen to my own advice. I did not bet this fight. Um, I hated the line uh, for how big Rodriguez was. I thought that was crazy. He seemed basic to me, right? He seemed really basic in there. He had... Uh, you know, he threw the same combination over and over again, and, and he has big power, but he didn't mix anything up. Um, he has good knees. He has decent kicks, but I think he needs to work on his entries a little bit. I think he needs to work on a lot more. He's just basic, you know? Work on a little bit more, get kind of fluid, get kind of a little more not rigid, and, and get kind of spontaneous as well. And I think he'd be all right because he does have big power. John Allen, a guy making his UFC debut on short notice, got a big win for the light heavyweight division. Uh, the guy's tough as nails. I don't know how far he's going to go. I mean, this is kind of a small sample size since he took this fight on short notice. Gutted out a big win. Um, but yeah, I just, his skill wasn't, it, it didn't blow me away. Um, yeah. So next up, Cesar Ferrara versus Marvin Torrey. I took Cesar as an underdog. I completely dominated Marvin. This is a fight that I was competing back and forth in my head because I, I think Marvin is a little better than people give him credit for. A lot of people attribute the Adesanya fight as Adesanya was off his game. I contributed to Marvin being tougher than what people give him credit for. However, Cesar Ferrar has surprised before. He's a strong guy. I, I, I thought maybe the striking would be a little bit of an issue for Marvin. Plus 120 next to his name as well. I thought I'd cash out on this, and I did not. Cesar slowed down, got dominated. Marvin, big, strong kid. Didn't get hurt by anything. 
striking looked pretty good, but I mean, his bread and butter is, is, is the rough you up in the clinch to take you down. And he did that a plenty of times to Cesar Ferrara. Next up, you got Carl Robinson versus uh, Wellington Terman. It's crazy that Wellington Terman's English, right? I mean, or I mean, excuse me, he's Brazilian. That's crazy, right? I got this fight right. This is, Wellington Terman showed up, though. He looked tough. He took, Robinson is a fucking killer. He hits hard. He doesn't, I mean, he slows down, but that first round's rough. Terman hung in there and, and was cracking with them. Uh, Robinson was a huge favorite. I had a little uh, money symbol next to Terman. I thought Terman was an interesting play at plus 160. Didn't know a ton about the guy, but you know, I think he's, he, he's going to make something of himself in the UFC. He was that good. I think he needs to sharpen some things up a little bit, but he's definitely tough enough to be in the UFC. I think short notice fight, get your skills working a little bit better, um, more fluid stri- striking, maybe a little better on the ground. He had Robertson in some tough situations on the ground, couldn't get him out of there. Uh, Robinson's obviously been working on his, his submission defense because he got tapped out by Glover his last time out. But point remains, you know, you know, tighten it up. Just just tighten it up a little bit. And then the uh, final three fights I got wrong. We had uh, Josh Emmett versus Mursad Bektik. Josh Emmett, uh, uh, underdog I missed. Um, this was a really pick em fight for me. I, you know, Mursad has looked good lately, has had a little bit of a chin issue. Um, Emmett's a big power guy, but I thought he looked a little off in the, the Johnson fight, just landed that big punch at the end. I, you know, I probably should have went with the dog on this one. I, I obviously, hindsight, I should have. I like Josh Emmett's game. I think he's pretty tough. I just thought Mossad was going to be a little too well-rounded. I thought Josh Josh uh, Emmett's a little one-notey. Like, he's got the right hand. He's got good takedown offense. Puts pressure on you, but he, that's all he's really got, right? Doesn't really have the best jab, the best kicks or anything like that. He's tough. Um, but he landed that right hand. He's got good timing on it. And Mursad went down and, and, and Emmett finished. And, uh, listen, that's two in a row for Emmett. Now I think he got a fight of the night, but, or one of the performances of the night. Good for him. Um, again, a Ryan Hall matchup would be interesting. Uh, there's a lot of guys at 45 that'd be really interesting for Josh Emmett. Um, yeah, but, uh, that's a fight that I missed. That's a, f- I look at all these, car- all these fights and I'm like, okay, you know, I took him. Okay. Whatever that fight. I'm going to take him again, probably. And all these things that go back and forth. That's the fight I missed. That's the fight I should have probably taken Emmett. Nice number next to his name. Pick him fight, really. Uh, Mursad hasn't really done enough to really warrant to be a you know a 175 favorite. But um, you know what are you gonna do? Uh, Uriah Faber versus Ricky Simone. Incredible fight. Uriah, a guy, uh, a, a fan, a follower, a listener, whatever you want to call him, um, tweeted tweeted at me um, his betting slip, and he took a huge parlay. Cashed out big, had Uriah on it. I was so jealous of him. Didn't have the balls to take Uriah. I I, I just I know he won a won on the note. He he won against Brad Pickett, but you know Brad Pickett was on his way out as well. He looked good in that fight, but he, you know I didn't think he involved that much. And it looked like you know he did get stung a little bit, but you know I think that's you haven't fought top competition in a while. I know you're sparring in the gym. You're 40 years old. You took a good left hook from Simone. And you were like shooken up a little bit. Uriah was. I mean, he didn't get dropped or anything, but you could tell that Uriah was definitely like, whoa, okay, I'm in a fucking fight now. Um, but he cocked back that right hand and landed that right hand beautifully, and Simone just flopped. And Uriah finished. Could have been an early submission, or excuse me, early finish, sure. Um, I know a lot of people complaining about it. I mean, obviously, I would have let it go on a little more if I was the ref, just a little bit more. But um, yeah. Apparently, there's some replays where Simone did look pretty out of it. So, you know, who the fuck am I to judge? But uh, I'm very happy Uriah won. I'm mad that I didn't get... I mean, he was plus 290 on my paper. I'm sure he closed maybe a little higher, maybe a little lower than that. 
I guess I overestimated Ricky Simone, uh, the guy who placed the bet and won the won the parlay. I said, man, I can't believe the balls take uh, your riders. Like, oh, it's pretty easy. Simone hasn't fought anybody. And I'm looking back, and, I mean, he really hasn't. You know, I mean, he lost the Marab fight that they gave him the win for. He lost every second of that fight to the, the choke at the end. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what it was, I, you know, and... I should have known because when Ricky Simone came out with his mullet in a in a bun or whatever, in a ponytail or whatever it was, I'm like, oh, this dude's going to lose. When you got a bad mullet like that, a bad daddy mullet, you got to fucking rock it. You got to let it flow in the, in the cage. Uh, putting up like that, man, that's, you know, that's why you lost. But you're right, look good. I mean, it's a little premature. I mean, I know Cejudo called him out. I don't think that's a big money fight. I think the big money fight is the top contenders. I think it's the Joe B's. I think it's the Al Jermaine's. Those guys are going to be the top money. It's, it was a weird call out. Uriah obviously had to respond. You know, Uriah's 40, a big win for him. Let's not forget prior to him retiring, he kind of looked like, you know, he slowed down a little bit. What's what's in store for Uriah? Rematch with Jimmy Rivera. A lot of people are talking about people want the TJ fight, but that's too far down the road. You know, I don't know. You know, I don't really know what you do with Uriah. Um, he can main event things now. He's a big name. People are going to be drawn to that at 145. I mean, not to keep bringing up Ryan Hall, but if you need a headliner for DC, Ryan Hall, Uriah Faber, why not? Um, I don't know why Ryan would take that fight. Uriah is at the point in his career where he's probably not chasing a title. He's probably chasing some money, some big fights. Ryan Hall might not be the biggest fight for him. Uh, he'll get main event money, but it's not the biggest fight for him. So there's a lot to be said. There's a lot to be done with Uriah Faber. I'm not really sure. We'll get to the main event. I need to drink faster. I feel like there's too long or pauses. Does anybody drink faster than me? I need to get a straw. I see people that podcast and they have straws with them. <clears throat> Take a little sip of straws. I think that's easier than, than just hawking the bottle down your throat. Main event, Aspen Ladd versus Jermaine Demarandamy. Uh, missed this fight too. This was a fight I was... Uh, on hindsight, when I look back, I was like, man, I should have took an Emmett. This fight definitely was close, I thought, on paper. I just believed in Aspen Ladd a little more. I thought she was... I just thought she was physically capable of going in there and taking Duranamine down. I've always overlooked Duranamine when she denied the cyborg fight. I kind of wrote her off. That's on me. She seems like a fucking sweetheart. I mean, love like I've seen the post fight interviews with her, and she seems so sweet um, and, and nice and like that. And she's a killer. I mean, she's a killer. The big news in this was the stoppage. I of course thought the stoppage was early. She got dropped. It looked like she was turning to her back. I know the ref was right there. Her was one of the best in the business. She kind of stood up and was like, what? She got stunned a little bit. Her, I know she's fair-skinned it, but her entire face was fucking red from that punch. I mean, it, it was like swollen. She got cracked. I feel like that Herb stopped it because her weigh-ins were so bad. She was trembling, shaking on that, that scale. I think that's the only reason this fight got stopped that early. I think Herb probably had that in the back of his mind that this girl might not be fit the fight, and then she took that big shot, went down, and was like, okay, I'm going to save this brain damage. You know what I mean? I get that aspect of it, but you kind of got to let a fight. It's a main event. She's a young girl. Um, you know, I know it could have went sour real fast, drain, uh, uh, drained her enemy. Or Jermaine could have jumped on her and fucking three elbows, and everyone would complain about how it was a late stoppage. You can't win if you're a referee. I understand that. It's an impossible job. But I think it was a tad early, and... Um, yeah, but during the Marinami, this girl is surefire 135. She's former 145-pound champion, has beaten pretty much everybody at 135, has a loss to Amanda Nunes, I believe. So obviously wants to get that one back. 
a man that has no one to fight. I mean, if she's not fighting Cyborg, she's fighting nobody. Um, Aspen Lad obviously is not ready for for someone like this. Got to go back to the drawing board for Aspen Lad. If you can't make one thirty five, you got to go up. That that's the bottom line. You got to go up. I don't know why you're uh, you're you're shaking on the cage, killing yourself. Excuse me, I was putting my papers away. You know, I'm very organized. Speaking of organized, I I mentioned I I, I kept stop keeping track, but like a hundred fights. I kept my totals. I was 58 and 42. I was at 58%, right? So I've picked 600 fights. I've picked every single card. I think I missed a card, like officially. I don't know if I if I counted it. I think I missed one card officially that I didn't do a pick. But since those 100 fights, I've did, I have done 600 fights, 601 to be exact. And I was at 58%, and I believe I said, I want to get to 70% or whatever it is. Well, after 600 fights, I'm down to 49%. 48, well... I round it up. I'm lying to you guys. 48 point whatever. I round up to 49. So I'm not even picking at a 50% rate right now, which kind of bums me out. That's a lot of fights. I know um, I want to get, you know, got to get in the sixties. That's my goal. I'm going to start sharpening them up, tighten the bootstraps to get to 60. However, I did go back. I didn't, I didn't, I'm going to go back and officially do the official count. But um, I have like crazy underdog records, like picking underdogs is, is my game, right? But I pick the entire card. I don't cherry pick the main cards. I don't pick the interesting fights. I pick every single card because there's fights on those cards that people want to know what they need to bet. Not every fight's bettable. I'll tell you that. But I think I'm the only podcast around that's picking every single fight. Um, and I'm and I'm keeping I'm keep I mean I'm keeping tally. I mean Austin's an accountant. I can have him here. Come check my books. You know what I mean. So that was Sacktown. It was a great. It was a great event. You know, I enjoyed every second of it. I stayed up for it and uh, went to bed right after. Went to bed early, which felt really nice. Uh, I think it ended a little after ten. I was in bed by like ten thirty. It was awesome. All right. So a couple things here. I'm a little under the gun, which is usually I can record these things without being under the cunt gun con. Whoa. But uh, I'm ha- I have dinner with my parents, and they're supposed to be calling my wife, and I'm supposed to be meeting them at like six thirty. 622 right now, right? Um, I have a lot of things in here. I don't think I'm going to wrap up in the next eight minutes. So uh, I guess I can wait. Uh, Dana White has has done some interviews lately. He came out and said, Connor won't fight Masvidal or the winner could be even Dustin. They have a different plan for him. I don't think they know what, who Connor's going to fight. I just think Dana says it's not going to be those. Connor wants Khabib. That's the only fight he wants. Um, he obviously doesn't deserve it. Khabib doesn't want to give it to him. If Khabib beats Dustin, he should fight Tony. Khabib needs to give up on the GSP crap. I don't think that's ever going to happen. He keeps harping on that, but, but Khabib needs to fight. I mean, I know Khabib probably has got like five fights left. He wants to get out. I don't know if Connor's going to be mixing that. Connor might need to let that one go. I know it's Connor. He wants that one back. I'm a Connor guy, so I would love this. I would love for him to get it back. I don't know how much different the rematch is going to go, but um, yeah. So, but who, who's got, who's Connor going to fight? Justin Gaethje? I mean, are they going to match him up with Tony Ferguson? Tony Ferguson, they used to share the same manager. Tony Ferguson left now. So there's no really conflict of interest there. Um, he said Jorge was too big. Jorge fights at 170. It's not going to happen. And then, uh, so who's Connor going to fight? My, my money's on probably Dustin, or excuse me, on Justin Gaethje or, or Tony Ferguson. I think those fights, I think he matches up well with both those guys. They're both strikers. Connor's a striker. He struggles with wrestlers and grapplers and whatnot. I don't think you really have a problem with Gaethje at least. Tony might go and shoot a crazy takedown. He might fucking cartwheel your legs. I don't fucking know. That guy's crazy. That's my prediction. But um, 
Who knows? I think it's whoever Connor wants at this point. Uh, Dana doesn't really know. Dana wants him at the end of the year, beginning of next year. They're going to do a huge card. Um, everyone's pushing for no, November Madison Square Garden winner of uh, Diaz Pettis. That makes a lot of sense, but not November. Um, I don't see that happen in November. I don't see uh, uh, those guys turn around in August that quickly because Diaz and, and Pettis are going to fuck each other up. I don't see those guys turn around that quickly unless the money is really right. But that makes the most sense. But they're bo- both fighting at 172. So if Masvidal's too big for jo- or for Connor and Nate's not going down to 55 and Pettis is at 170 now, then won't those guys be too big for Connor? He said he doesn't like Connor at 170. So I don't know. There's a lot to be said there. Uh, my prediction is going to be Dustin or, or Tony. Uh, I keep saying Dustin. Justin with a fucking J. Dana also said that Cejudo was going to defend his title against Joe B first. I like that. I think Joe B earned it. He has a win over Cejudo. He doesn't lose unless it's a title fight. It seems like Joe B doesn't. Um, I know he dropped that that one to Sergio Pettis not too long ago, but I mean, that was the first one back after a major knee thing. He's looked good. Uh, Cejudo, I think, has improved a lot since they first fought, so it'd be a really interesting fight. They got a little bit of history coaching the Ultimate Fighter together. I don't think they love each other. I think they respect each other, but it's it's interesting. Cejudo's changed a lot, become well more of a well-rounded fighter, and he's got the cringe movement, flexes and stares in the camera. I think it's hilarious. I do. People are like, he doesn't need the gimmick. He's a champion. Yeah, but let him have the gimmick. Chael didn't need the fucking gimmick. Connor's kind of got of a gimmick. Let him have the cringe. Let him be Triple C. It should be. I mean, he calls himself Triple C. His gold medal, right? He's got the gold medal and the two belts. I think it should be quadruple C with cringe. I mean, I don't know. Doesn't have the same ring to it as Triple C, but I mean, just throwing that out there. But I like that. But where does that leave Aljamain Sterling? Aljamain Sterling clearly is the number one guy. Ray Longo said that uh, he should wait. He should wait to fight out. However, that's going to be a long time. Uh, Cejudo's not going to be ready until probably next year. Fight Joe B. And then probably months later, fight Al Joe, right? Um, I don't see that being a super quick turnaround for, for, for Cejudo. And if he gets injured, it's even longer. What do you do? Petro Jan's coming at fucking Al Joe's neck on Twitter. I don't know if Al Joe wouldn't accept that fight. Do they got to do an interim title? This is what happens when when you get the two belts. Do you got to do an interim title for that belt to make it interesting? Or do you just go, Aljo, Petra, you guys are fighting, or Petra, Petra, you guys are fighting main event. You'll get main event money. You'll get title money. We're not going to throw an interim on it, but whoever wins gets Suhudo guaranteed. And we'll pay you to wait. It, you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't like, I don't really like guys sitting out too, too long. Um, but you know, it is what it is. I think that's the fight to make at 135. There's some interesting matchups at 135. I my ceiling was like for a second. Uh, next little thing, Masvidal coming out saying he's only fighting Connor Kamara Usman for the title. Connor for the payday, Kamara for the title. He came out. Listen, I love Street Jesus. I'm, I, I, you know, uh, I love what he's done. He's a superstar for sure. He's electric. I know he's not the best on social media, but he's he's obviously ramping that up. If you if you're paying attention. But he's he's got swag. He's real. He's I mean he's everything we want. The hair and the beard. He's got the look. Name a Jorge Masvidal fight that was boring besides Damian Maya fight. And even the Damian Maya fight wasn't that boring, right? Jorge is action packed always. However, I don't like when fighters do this when they when they go. I'm not fighting unless I get these two guys. Dana White's already came out and said you're not getting Connor, right? That could change if Connor goes. I want to fight him. Connor kind of runs his own ship at this point. But Dana's like, I don't like that fight. I don't want to book it. 
So you already you already got that fight off the table, even though you've already called for that. Now, if you don't get the Usman fight, and say your boy Colby goes, destroys Robbie Lawler, looks great, and they give him the fight in November, because apparently that's when Usman's going to be ready. What happens then? You're going to sit out for the winner of that, and if those guys get banged up, you're going to sit out even longer. And then if you take a fight, you're going to get those questions of, well, why'd you take this fight? Why, you know, you said you were going to sit out. Why'd you take this fight? I don't like when fighters put themselves in a box like this. I just, I, I don't love it. Um, um, so, you know, I love what Street Jesus is doing. Jorge Masvidal is my guy. I think he deserves a title shot. I think they should give him Usman in November. Fuck what happens with Colby and Robbie. Give him Usman. Book it now. Announce it now. Whatever. Um, but, you know, we got to see what happens. I just don't like when fighters put themselves in these boxes like that. I think they, you know, it's just not like a smart, you know, business move, in my opinion. Um, next up, Darren Till is maybe moving to middleweight, which I fucking love. I know a lot of, he's too big for 170. He's a big boy, right? I love the move up. I'm not a, a fan of the weight cut. I do think the weight cut affects him a lot. Not saying that's why he got knocked out by Masvidal. Not saying that's why he dropped to, to Woodley or whatever. But um, I think the weight cut is going to affect his performance. He's going to get better because instead of worrying about in camp, I can't eat this. I got to do this. I got to do that. It's all about getting better, not cutting your weight. Some guys go to camp to cut weight. You know what I mean? They don't, they, they, tra- they train, they're like robots, but they're counting calories and they're counting punches and they're, they're counting, you know, seeing how much sweat comes off them. You need to train to get better at your skills. And when you're in there, just losing weight for camp to make the scale and you're coming in with the same skill set. He needs to up his skill set. He didn't look great against Moscow. He dropped him but he's dropping his hands a lot. His entries are the same. He's putting his hands down. He's relying on the fact that he's so big. He still has a good left hand and everything like that, but he's become uh, a little predictable. He, the same thing happened to him in the Woodley fight. He rushed in and got caught with the right hand. Didn't really offer much on the ground. Got, you know, a dark stroke kind of got slipped in and he got choked out. Um, yeah, but I love the move to middle, middleweight. I do. Sorry for speeding along here. I thought I had more time, but I don't. We will wrap up the contender series was last night. Let me uh, let me see who uh, I watched it. I was impressed by uh, a couple guys here. Let's see who they got. Okay, so um, we start the night off with first off, get this out of the way, the Greek gambler. I tweeted this out last night. Who is this guy? Right? Where did this guy come from? Why is this guy on the broadcast? Right? I don't even know who he is. I know he's a handicapper. He's been around for a while, but why is he on the broadcast? Right? He stinks. I don't love him on camera. I, I don't, I, I peeked at his Twitter. I don't really agree with his picks. This is a, he obviously, he's from Jersey or Long Island or something. Those guys, you know, Stu Finer, shout out Stu Finer. That guy's been out there killing in Jersey. They all come from the same lineage, betting, gambling. They got bookies and whatnot. So this guy's been around a long time. I, I respect the seniority aspect of it. I just don't like him. I don't know what get, you know, the, the UFC, I mean, they have relationships with people and they're loyal. I get that. But the people that are betting now, the people that are coming in now and betting, now that now sports, book, sports betting is legal in almost every state. I know it's not implement, you know, it's not legalized yet. Like most states don't have it. Some states do. But it's the younger, it's the 20-year-olds. It's the young 30-year-olds. It's the, you need youth in there. You need a guy in there that knows the picks, that knows the fighters. I don't want a guy that's talking to me about MMA betting and then going to bet baseball. 
going to bet, talking about betting basketball. That's fine. If your job is to bet across the board, that's fine. But I want a specialty guy. I want to know a guy who knows the ends of out of each fighter. I don't think that guy has it. I don't like him. Get rid of him. All right. So first fight of the night, Brandon Allen versus Aaron Jeffrey. Brandon Allen, a Paul Felder who was calling the fight. Teammate, this guy's fought a lot of people already in the UFC. He looked good. He looked big. He looked strong. He's good on the ground. Got cracked a little bit of on his feet, but nothing crazy. Um, finished the fight. Got a rear naked choke. Listen, I mean, you need middleweights. You need people to fight. That's fine. You need to fill out these cards. I have no problem with the signing whatsoever. Next up, you had uh, the Kevin Siler versus Lance Lawrence fight. This fight, I thought, stunk. Kevin Siler missed weight by like six pounds. Uh, Lance Lawrence, a guy from Kentucky. Um, just looked like a little boy in there. Like, just it was not impressed by him. I mean, he was really tough. He took some big, big shots by Siler, but was unimpressed with uh, uh, Lance and, and both both Lance and Siler. Neither of these guys got the contract. Somebody said that Siler would have got the contract if, if he didn't miss weight by six pounds. I don't buy it. Maybe they would have. But, I mean, he doesn't. I mean, there's no way he's going to do anything at 145. He, he even, I, I respect what he said, though. He's like, listen, I fucked up. Um, uh, I know I miss weight and stuff like that, but if you know if I want to if if you want me to come back to the contender series, I'll make weight, whatever the case may be. So you know I I respect that he owned it. I, I you know I did, I didn't want like a bull, bullshit excuse, but so I'm I'm glad that he owned it. But I, I didn't love that fight. I don't think either of those guys are ready for the UFC. I think Siler maybe needs to take one or two more fights to see what he does outside the UFC. Lance Lawrence, I don't know if he's ever gonna make the UFC. I just was not impressed by that kid at all. Uh, next up, Dante Mays versus uh, Ricardo Purcell. Dante Mays, uh, a guy from my area, I believe he's from Louisville, somewhere down in Louisville, used to fight. I tweeted this out as well. Used to fight uh, in Northern Kentucky a lot. Um, him and I never met each other. I've seen him fight live twice, I believe. I think it was a pro, maybe it was an amateur fight. Um, really wild, big, strong, wild guy. People were afraid of him. He had his crew there. They were going crazy. Um, I used to spar a lot of guys at the gym. I'm a bigger guy myself. I'm not as big as Dante Mays, but I was, you know, a, a guy that would, would put in work for people. You know, I would, I was known to, to give you some good rounds. I got a Facebook message from, I, it wasn't Dante Mays, but it, one of his friends, cousins, whatever was like, Hey, you train at so-and-so we're going to be up there um, for like two weeks or like that. Do you want to get some rounds in with Dante? He, he's got a fight coming up. I'm like, sure. I've seen the guy fight twice. It'd be good. I hadn't fought yet. You know, I was, this is the time where I was going to fight, so I wanted to really challenge myself to a guy who everyone was scared of, good sparring sets with him. Uh, it never happened. And this is Dante Mays' third time on the Contender Series. Won one, lost one. Got a big knockout here. Got signed. I'm happy for the guy. Not really a hometown guy. Not really a, a Cincinnati guy, but close enough. So, um, yeah, third time's a charm. I'm, I'm happy for Dante to get, get, to get that call up. Odie Osborne versus uh, Andrea Villarreal. Uh, or um, excuse me, Armando Vineral. Armando was a guy a lot of people were hyping up. Odie, I think I pronounced his name wrong. Odie Osborne looked great. He was the most impressive to me. His stand-up looked fantastic. He was in and out striking. He hurt uh, Armando with a ton of shots. Armbarred him off his back. Um, take down the fence probably is going to be a sore spot, especially in that division. Bantamweights, there's a lot of good wrestlers in that division. But he looked tricky. He Odie Osborne looked great. That was my number one. And then the main event was Antonio Arrero versus Steven Regman. Um, you know, was what it was. Um, Ario threw big kicks, didn't throw many punches, built like a fucking shit brick house. Regman's clearly a 170, maybe even a 155. He was way undersized for that fight. 
Didn't do much. Took a lot of kicks. His punches had no effects on Arara. Araro's just huge. Um, not overly impressed with him, but again, you know, I can understand the signing. He went out there. He he went for the kill. That's what they're looking for. That's what you're gonna get. All right. Sorry for the rush job here. I gotta get the dinner apparently. So I will have a pick them up on Friday for UFC San Antonio. Decent little card. Love the main event. Um, I'll have that up on Friday. And then I will talk to you guys next week. We'll recap everything. All right. You want to take it from the top? Yeah, let's try it. Let's lay it down. Nick? You want to lay it down? We rolling on the...